Hi, welcome to Based on a True Story. This is a new series here on the Into the Borough podcast. I'm Ren, the content manager here at the Borough Reviews. You've probably heard or seen me on the Into the Borough podcast or our YouTube and Patreon. This is Cam, our newest addition here, to co-host this series with me. Cam, tell us a little bit about yourself and your favorite movies. Hi, I'm Cam. I've known Ren since about second grade. Well, not since about. It's been since second grade. And with Jared, I've known him about since 2020. And now we're all roomies. So that's super fun. Um, A couple of my favorite movies to mention are Turning Red. It's definitely a comfort film for me. And I really also like Interstellar. And I just really enjoy psychological thrillers and horror movies, the gore, all that stuff. So yeah. Perfect. I think that fits right on brand here at the Borough Reviews. We're definitely into our fair share of horror and psychological thrillers. I'd like to apologize now for any mispronunciations throughout this podcast. We are truly trying our best. Today we're going to dive into The Silent Twins 2022, directed by Agnieszka Smuczynska. Based on the lives of June and Jennifer Gibbons, real-life identical twins who grew up in Wales, part of the only black family in a small town. The two became known as The Silent Twins because of their refusal to communicate with anyone other than each other. They developed their own language and became catatonic when separated. The story takes place after a spree of vandalism inspired by an American boy they both idolize. When the girls, now teenagers, are sentenced to Broadmoor, an infamous psychiatric hospital where they face the choice to separate and survive or die together. I think we're just going to start from the beginning of this movie and just kind of like discussing it. Um, I think some of the first takeaways that I had when we were watching this is the interesting um, family dynamic that they have. Um, It was just so like, I guess coming from like, I'm also a black person. Um, I think it was just so interesting the way that I've seen um, mental illness just like and strangeness and that weirdness kind of like isolated within a family where they wouldn't be as like supportive and like right and granted like let's again take this movie as a grain of salt that we don't know the real reality of what their everyday life was growing up but from part of the moments that they did portray in here was just like the mother and father trying to get them to talk but not overly pressuring them um just I mean like they were pressuring them but like not overly like I I feel like they just weren't like I mean there's necessarily not necessarily a right or wrong way but I feel like they just were kind of enabling the behavior a lot and just like allowing them to immerse themselves in this like like imagination that they had which is good but not like realizing the negatives that it had on each other yeah definitely I mean like and this is my like I was like in this time period like you would think that they would be getting the absolute shit beat out of them for right because like, of the problems and the trouble that they were having within school yeah they were that was like, like I was like that was like what kind of flabbergasted me is I was like bro I got spanked for getting in trouble in 2009 yeah and they got like well, I guess it was more in their adulthood that, or, like, teenager that they got kicked out of school. But as young kids, like, their school told them that, like, they couldn't handle them because they had other students. And so they had to go to, like, a special school where they just had one teacher for, like, the two of them. And it was more, like, therapy session. But, again, the therapist was just, like... Mr. Tim. His heart was in the right place. But I think, like, therapy just wasn't as advanced, like, you know? like Definitely. And, like, 
I mean, it's kind of a common theme within the entire movie, which is like, there's almost something just like sinister about right. them. Yeah. Just sinister and like off-putting and like weary they mope around like it's giving those two twins from the shining bro i've never seen the shining actually yeah well it's giving those two girls in the blue dress i mean like i i I know what the shining is i've just never actually watched it okay okay i've seen like clips and like shows making fun of it never actually watched it though i do like they do very early on um establish that kind of like conflict that conflict that they have we watch where Mm -hmm. jennifer's kind of like giving june the look that's like don't talk be right. quiet yeah she definitely kind of has that like upper hand and yeah. she's giving more of like the bigger energy like she's in control almost. yeah she's definitely the dominant between the two of them um i would also just like to preface i did find this out in some research uh that they did have surgeries oh did they their parents actually like did surgeries to try to get them to talk because they started oh. like not talking as young as like three Okay, because in the movie they did say the mother was like, as a baby, nothing happened, like nothing bad. We moved here from Barbados, from the Barbados and now living in Wales and stuff. But besides like, you know, just that adjustment, like nothing traumatic or anything. She said as kids, they used to talk to her like young kids. They used to talk to her and then they just stopped. And yeah, so it was like it was after when they stopped talking, they tried to do a surgery. Um I mean, it was just a choice. They chose not to right, talk. Right, right. Um, and so they did try to do surgery thinking that maybe it was like an impediment or something, um, which they did technically have some type of impediment because of the way that they didn't – like they didn't have the regular speech like pathology that the rest of us have. Right. Where like we learn those in, like inflections. And I mean like I had this whole entire issue when I was trying to record this intro <laughs> exactly. where I was inflecting on the wrong – parts um which is a super cool part in this movie they actually worked with a a speech pathologist um to um write and lawrence um worked with a a speech pathologist to get the oh the actresses did yeah to get like a more accurate representation of what june and jennifer like would have like sounded like yeah like the way that they talked which i think is super cool um definitely like you can just like from a young age they were just like you see that and like I'm going to be honest, like the way that they were portrayed and we have to keep in mind that um, Smachinska has said that this is a work of fiction. It's based on a true story, but it's supposed to be fictional. We're taking true stories and we're kind of inflating it a little bit. We do that with a lot of movies. Um, But like from from like no knowledge walking into this, we didn't do any research before we watched it. Um, I was like, they're kind of shitty, dude. Yeah, honestly, like they were just like problematic dude like they were making like i'm thinking like i'm thinking as myself um like i'm a black person i like i don't obviously i was born in 1999 so i don't know what it was like in the 70s being black but imagine being imagining being the one like black family in this small town granted like england is a little bit different than america as we all know that america absolutely fucking sucks when it comes to being black in america it's not great in england either but it's not nearly as bad as it is here um just the idea of like why are you causing problems right for your family like i'm thinking like as an like as a cognitive adult i'm like you're causing so many problems like you guys are the only black family at this point they're gonna be like ah black people are just problems like that's the conclusion that i would come to if i was like that yeah and the fact that like their parents just didn't do like they were very loving and supportive as parents should be but like they weren't like they didn't didn't crack hard crack down hard enough on them 
I feel like, and you know, I'm all for gentle parenting and whatnot, but these girls were just like making bad decisions for each other and they just were not good for each other when they were apart. Like Jennifer literally made her sister jump off of a horse. Like that yeah. was ridiculous. That was so crazy. It was I mean, like, and, like, that's kind of where it gets to that, like, almost sinister, eerie, the way that they're saying, like, she's like, you are me and I am you. I follow and you do. And, like, it's like, you follow, I follow. And I was like, what in the witchcraft is No, literally. Well, and I also really, but I did really like how they did that in the sense that, like, they were, they were, it was not audibly spoken. It was like they were doing twin telepathy and... Obviously, like, there's no way to tell if that part is real. But, like, that's what I just found interesting is, like, there was also a scene where they were sitting on the stairs and, like, twin telepathy. And they were, like, whispering to each other and, like, saying things. But they weren't audibly speaking. And I just, like, really enjoyed that part, too. Yeah. There was this part where I'm pretty sure it's, like, Jennifer, like, Jennifer's talking. And I think it was when they were separated. It was when June got taken to the other school. Mm-hmm. And she was taken away. Um, And there was this moment where it's, like... Um, like you are me and I am you, like together in silence. Yeah. And I was like, what in the like cult? Like Yeah, literally, what in the cult bond is this? Like, and I think that's something that like we have to like I mean, we have you have to almost be okay with this like intense, like almost paranormal unknown. Where right. like they're I mean, that's such a thing where people like I'm a pretty spiritual person. I believe in our connection within the universe. And you have to think if you have, I mean, DNA-wise, they're the same. That's how twins work. You have the same exact DNA. Yeah. And they were, like, trying to almost, it was as if they were, like, fusing to be one. Not necessarily physically, but mentally. And it was just interesting to see, like, that dynamic between them. But at the same time, also constantly fighting about how, like, they're like they're the reason their life is horrible and like you know regular sister fights and come to find out they did have a lot of like secret animosity towards one another in like their diaries and whatnot like that but throughout the film you can also see this like unbreakable bond between the two I mean honestly it's just it it's such an intense I imagine like it's such an intense feeling having this person that looks like you and like that it's it's so interesting and i mean there is a lot of like psychological research on like the different like twins in yeah twins i mean are I, such grew a up, fucking yeah, phenomenon. I have sisters who are twins but i mean they are not psycho like not that they're psycho but like they're not trying to <laughs> form into one entity <laughs> yeah like <laughs> i mean like they did get sent to a psychiatric hospital for yeah <laughs> i guess you're right they did but I mean, yeah. And it they also did though, commit arson. They so. did. And it, but it did seem it at least portrayed throughout the movie that Jennifer was definitely the instigator. And as much as, like, June de- might not have, like, wanted to do these things, she still did. So she still held accountable. But Absolutely. Um, definitely. Uh, I think... I think we start to see that, like, dynamic when they become teens. Absolutely. And um, so... Uh, Pepsi Cola Attic was, um, she got that letter to be signed and published when she was 16. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, June was 16. What? That jealousy. They were both trying to be writers and Jennifer's so angry at her sister. That, like, animosity of, like, why you? Why not me? And I mean, like, I feel like that's a normal 
thing within siblings, especially like even just friends, when you're doing things within the same field, it's like, why them and not me? Right. Why them and not me? And like, but then it goes to the reverse with because June believes she at a point she says in the movie that like to be a good writer, you have to experience love. And so that's how why they go out to find love and meet Wayne. And as you see, Wayne kind of takes more of an interest to Jennifer than he does June. And June doesn't necessarily express it as much as Jennifer does about the writing. But you can tell she's hurt and feeling jealous because it was her idea to go out for and find love. And she was not finding that. Yeah. So Wayne is played by Jack Bandera. What what an absolute fantastic, just, just Beautiful. casting choice. <laughs> He's incredible. Absolutely handsome. Um definitely there's just so many like moments in that dynamic i mean like we watched a hate crime happen i don't know if this actually happened in real life so but what an artistic choice to show kind of like I, and i mean it's not as intense of a hate crime as like uh, how i just said we watched a hate crime happen but it's still like a microaggression um and if you're a black woman or I mean, black women experience it the most, so I'm not even going to try to preface that. If you're a black woman, you'll definitely understand where we watch Wayne um, burn Jennifer's wig. Yeah. After asking if she wants to basically be like Bonnie and Clyde, she says, I'll do crimes with you. And he said, oh, yeah, you want to light fires? And she said, of course. And he just took her wig and lit it on fire. And I mean, after this, we watch, this is after... um, so Wayne and Jennifer have sex and June is actually in the same space watching mm-hmm. them have sex. And then the next time that they um, interact, Wayne and June have sex. And this Bonnie and Clyde interaction happens after June and Wayne have had sex. And then afterwards, um, we're watching June and Jennifer walk home. Um, and they're walking home. They are just... And June's just got this look on her face. Bro, she is she is going for blood. She is ready. She is ready for it. And she attacks her sister. She attacks Jennifer. And they brawl it out in the middle of the street as cars just, like, drive past them. I mean, yeah. And, they're like, I mean, June is, like, Letitia Wright's character, June, mm-hmm. is just choking Tamara yeah. Lawrence. Just choking her. And I'm like... Yeah, we really thought she was, well, I mean, that would have been a quick movie if she had killed her, but we were like, what is going on? I almost, like, in that moment, I was like, I mean, not doing that much research, I was like, bro, is this how she ends up in Broadmoor? Oh, I guess, yeah. I was like, uh, what in the, what in the what? (laughs) Um, And then immediately apologizes and is like, I'm sorry, I love you. Like, and her sister's like, why did you do that? And she's like, I love you too. And it's so interesting. I mean, if we were to look at this in almost a romantic, like partner way, like the way that their relationship has always teetered that toxic Mm -hmm. love, that love bombing that. You even see at the beginning as as kids, um, when they were silent at the very beginning they were playing around getting into their imagination and then their mom knocks and they go silent and when she leaves they get into a fight about who moved first and they start like physically fighting with each other at such a young age biting She's like, each you other you lost you lost yeah and i mean and they like there's this really cool shot where like um i think it might be jennifer's it's one of the twins has her hand in a fist and she made herself bleed mm-hmm. and i excuse me and i'm like oh my goodness that is like 
so intense so intense that i mean like it kind of describes that intensity that this is almost a need it's almost compulsive right that they can't not do that exactly um i think i mean after we meet after we meet wayne is when we start to get that pepsi cola addict we get preston from pepsi cola addict which is again one of one of my favorite things and i'm so i'm i'm actually going to buy that book i saw it yeah, online same. i'm gonna mm-hmm. buy it i would love to read it absolutely um, i think i also like how in that in those moments and stuff like that how they're silent around everybody but they do speak around wayne those drugs be hitting i guess you're right he said you gotta loosen up which I mean, those moments, like, those moments did, like, and I feel like if when you watch those, they kind of teeter that line of, like, ooh, that's a little uncomfy. Right. Like, and and, it, and I mean, that's kind of the point of this movie is in, like. To the make br- you, like, uncomfortable and kind of get a feel for, like. How they are as people. They exist in that, like, weary, like, suspenseful, just, like, abnormity. They're just right. an abnormity and they exist in that so often. Um, I think it's just, it's so interesting um, that, like, so they eventually, after meeting Wayne, they commit arson, and they're, like, calling, and they're, like, this is Wayne and Ethan, I think. Um, Whatever his brother or friend's name was. Yeah, I think it was his brother. I have no clue. They got high with him once, and he was never mentioned again. I know, which I'm, like, June, you probably should have gone for Ethan, because, like, I I, I was, like, feeling that vibe. Um, And Ethan is played by, let me grab that y'all really quick um definitely they had like a better connection at least from like what we saw in there yeah well and especially because wayne and jennifer were having such a connection i just felt june should have maybe like backed off of that even though it was her idea and just that other guy was like not as aggressive as wayne like damn yeah i don't know it was his name okay we've definitely tried to find out who his brother's name was unsure if it's ethan no clue what his name was but if you know let us know like remind us refresh yeah. our memories if you figure it out um where was i going with that that Je- june should have gone to him instead yeah june definitely should have gone to him um anyways they do say his name i know that um so maybe just wait for the clip where they say his name when they're calling about the arsons yes because that's kind of when they mention him they're like this is wayne and his brother's name right <coughs> try to pin it on them with their interesting accents right but then on the next one they that they go to the next building they don't tell them that it's wayne they just tell them that they're there right now and to come and catch him if they can i mean yeah after they've burned down three buildings i really like within like the court scene they list out all the things that they stole they're like 25 pencils and i'm like you're joking you guys are too precise right like how do you how do you know how many pens and pencils were even there to begin with? Like like y'all how and how do we know that one of your that one of your employees didn't steal some pencils? Right. Tell me. Okay, but I mean I guess it is pretty clear that they did take, light it on fire and I mean they probably take, found it in their bags. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. probably that's probably, that's probably where yeah, it is. There okay. we go. Um I mean and when we're in the court scene, we watch this watch this woman come in, and her name is Marjorie. And Marjorie Wallace is actually um, she writes a book which this movie is actually based on. Um, so that's kind of like she wrote the book about June and Jennifer. And I mean, we kind of feel a shift in the movie as after this, where we are going into their life and experience at Broadmoor. Um, 
which will include a whole bunch more information about Broadmoor. Uh, I mean, we can just jump into it. Jennifer is singing these little songs about her sister, June, and we're watching those moments where, like, I mean, there's a, that common thread that, like, siblings feel what the other one feels. Yeah. And we're watching those within the twin world where they're separated and, like, she's, like, feeling, I mean, in this, we're showing June attempting suicide and Jennifer is isolated from her because they get into this ginormous fight, um, per typically usual. <laughs> Good words. Exactly that, yes. <laughs> um, but, and she's screaming and I'm like, this is so accurate to that, just, like, to that weird eerie feeling that the silent twins have right and that connection that they have um definitely i mean after like june attempts suicide they're like no we have to get better we have to live separately but they almost fall into this like again that toxic relationship Mm -hmm. like cycle of just like they have to get separate but then they They find their way back to each other and then they go in those same cycles as any toxic relationship does and, and I mean, they like they have that cute little dance. Yeah, yeah, at like the Broadmoor prom. God. And then Jennifer thinks she's gonna get herself pregnant by inseminating herself with one of the like, um, patients' sperm. She says he's a convicted murderer. Yeah. I just hope he didn't do it with his bare hands. Yeah, and um, it's so interesting. Um, it's so interesting. And then we cut to like, uh, I mean, like. Jennifer's isolated away from June and and we're watching I mean it's so blurry and confusing we're watching them like pushing June in her wheelchair and Jennifer's screaming like it's not her fault it's not her fault and I'm like what's not her fault and I think that's like to depict how confusing and weird their time I mean they spent 11 years yeah in Broadmoor which is insane that's a long time and a Apparently, they were supposed to spend, like, 30 more. Yeah, like, I mean, like, that's, like, what the, doc- the doctor was like. Oh, he'll spend another 30 here. Right. After they were trying to get out. And, like, that is what Jenny said in an interview where she was, like, he said that we were never going to get out of there. Um, and as we're ending this, uh, as we're going to the end of the movie, we're watching. And, I mean, th- they, this is an ac- accurate um, depiction. Uh, NPR did an interview in 2015 with uh, Marjorie Wallace. Oh, Um, And this is an actual depiction where uh, Jennifer, like, told her on that last day before she transferred, she's like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, we've, like, we've decided that. Um, And, and Marjorie talks it, like, there's this almost, like, fear within Jennifer about this, like, about almost dying. Knowing that she's going to die. And she, and she's, and she's. She's skin and bones and she's visibly just dying. dying and she just doesn't have that will to live. And she's like, that's what we decided in June. She said June was almost just like determined. Right. That like, this is just how it had to be. Which was also in earlier in the movie, June had said that she was going to die first. And Jennifer was like, you're too pretty to die first. And that was like kind of nice foreshadowing. Like I didn't even really expect it until just now this moment. I'm realizing that. That they did that, and June or Jennifer absolutely died first. Yeah, and I mean the way that we depict it in the movie is we, they are finally getting released from Broadmoor. They're being transferred to a lower security Wales, um, treatment center, and they are apparently. And this is like, let me finish what what they did in the movie. They are they put them in the 
in the van and as they go through the gates, like Jennifer lays her head down on her sister June and she falls asleep. She falls asleep and by the time they get there, they just keep going to Wales. And by the time they get there, she's gone. Now, in all reality, um, she was not doing well the night before. Um, and she did fall asleep on June and slip into a coma. Um, why none of the nurses were checking on her during this time after she had been so sickly right. is confusing. I mean, I have a little bit Concerning, of yeah. I have a little bit of information on Broadmoor that I will be sharing that like it's fuck Broadmoor at it that is. period in time. Um but definitely just so like she so she fell into the coma and then once they got to Wales she was transferred to a general hospital um where she died at 6 15 p.m um it said that she had swelling of the heart uh but other than that they said that that could have been caused by the Broadmoor um treatment and like um drugs that they were given but also June had been given the same drugs Marjorie Wallace has like Marjorie Wallace and June kind of have that what they have said is just like that, like, it's, June said that was just the destiny that was meant to happen. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful moment where it's like, June gets, um goes to Wales and she gets released a few months later. Exactly. And she goes back into the world. And I mean, like, between the two of them, June was the more sociable one. She was the one that wanted to be a part of society versus Jennifer was a little bit more reserved, reserved and, and controlling, controlling and almost just like, sinister okay yeah there was something a little bit more sinister yeah within jennifer and i mean marjorie wallace has said that like within the 10 years that they were in um as like life was progressing from their diaries from what they shared to her is that they were both progressively just scared of one another yeah june but june more so than jennifer june described her as her dark shadow and um and Jennifer described um, June as her enemy, as they were just like her r- mortal enemy. Yeah, mortal, my enemy. <laughs> um, and another thing that I just really want to note as a plot takeaway is a quote that I caught at the very beginning of the movie when they were, ch- I believe they were still children, but it was in one of their stories. Um, and it was the line, love can also be destruction. And I think that that is very fitting for like kind of the entirety of it and just how their love for each other is very destructive for one another and in turn eventually kills June or Jennifer. Definitely. 100%. This is kind of, this is our rundown of the plot. Um, and I think we're going to transition to some of our favorite moments within the movie. Okay, what an incredible movie this this was. Um, I want to talk about maybe like some of your favorite like spotlight moments within the movie. Yeah, so definitely to start off, I have to mention the stop motion that they did when they were diving into all of like their inner thoughts and their storytelling and the way they did these like stop motions, just the detail of it, and not only the stop motion, but just how they depicted their their like inner thoughts and the way that they showed their storytelling was very captivating. Absolutely. I think the visuals that they have included in this are so are just so beautiful. I mean, they they do just these incredible stop motion depictions where we're I mean, that's how we start the movie off is right. with like this incredible like stop motion just like 
uh, with with the credits. I mean, we're introducing yeah. these characters, and we have young um, we have young June, who's played by um, Leah Mondeser Simons, and young Jennifer, played by um, Ava Ariana Baxter. And we get there, we get them just doing essentially a voiceover, and then we transition to them in this beautiful lighting, doing their own little radio yeah. show. It's absolutely just fantastic, and like, it's just the stop motion animation that they incorporate into this and like it's so cute ah it's just so good it's so immersive yeah it definitely like gets us almost instantly immersed in like one of those like i mean we're creating this false narrative this false reality of like what we're about to be immersed into and then we watch that break when they're like instantly when their mom knocks on the door and it was so incredible just like being and I mean, that's a following theme throughout the entire movie is just being immersed in those like moments of June and Jennifer's imagination and their right. imaginative reality. And then pop, we're in the real universe. Exactly. Yeah. I think for me, one of my absolute favorites, um, I love Jack Bandiro. His casting for Wayne is some of my favorite. Um, He's absolutely fantastic. And one of my favorite scenes of him is... um when june and jennifer first like not the first time they meet him um though the first time they meet him is so cool just like that car shot yeah where they're just sitting and like looking out at him and then it got the close-up of the of the cigarette that read like you have my heart wayne yeah Yeah. what what a beautiful 2014 tumblr moment Um, yeah just wow if you were on tumblr the marlboro fucking cigarette also just the fact that like it really did happen that they were like idolizing this american man and the way that they like had that scene set up with our first introduction to him definitely was giving you that idolization idea like this is like a boy that you were just like captivated by and you were like yep like i need to see more of him which almost feels like what we as americans do with british boys i mean like let's talk about he was an american boy i know but like the reverse yeah okay yeah 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 Yeah. literally what we do i mean like we watch the one direction phenomenon yeah we were a part of that 100 (laughs) percent um she is still a part of the harry styles absolutely harry to the day i die i'm a niall horan girly the girls that get it get it um definitely i just loved that my favorite shot though is when they um the first time they are actually hanging out with um wayne and he and they're they're doing drugs okay and they're doing drugs that look like chloroform yeah sniffing paint i believe or some type of substance yeah definitely interesting interesting whatever it was back in like the 70s 80s you know yeah it's it's the 80s guys i don't know they were doing whack shit back then like huffing paint like we have actual like real drugs real drugs now as long as it's not laced with fentanyl unfortunately um but it's so it's so beautiful i mean like we're they're conversating and it's almost like organic moment where you kind of get to see them be normal they're conversating with Wayne they're being normal teenage girls yeah and it's such a cool moment I mean they're still kind of fucking weird but like they're talking in their little like with their intense dialect and everything but it's so it's so just cool but can we start about how the way that they introduced themselves to him basically they did go to school with him but they broke into his house and was going through all of his things and then his parents come home and they're like oh you know our sons and then they show up and then it cuts to them just getting high 
And at first it was a little bit intimidating because it looks like chloroform <coughs> and he was a little bit aggressive shoving it into their face like, here, sniff this. Yeah. And like he was kind of holding like the back of their necks. I mean, it was a little intense. Like watching it, I was like, we're about to watch an assault. And then it turned into something very beautiful. I mean, yeah, we watched this scene where they're getting high and the color graining in the spinny camera from the top. Yeah, it's just wow. Literally wow. And they're just like, and then we cut, we change and we discourse to this scene where June and Jennifer are walking home and they're walking through this alleyway and they're doing this, what an intense little flow dance. Yeah, like just like very like ethereal and like kind of just like, like happiness like pure happiness ecstasy i guess like i know and like i think about the way that they um i mean they almost didn't like they almost did just cgi with leticia right right they almost did just cgi and didn't didn't do another casting and thinking about that moment and just watching it almost being a mirroring moment would have like i just don't feel like it would have hit the same versus seeing like the seeing the chemistry that like right, um exactly that. that like Lawrence and Wright have with each other in those moments and then that dip- that change to like the rain. Oh, I yeah, love rain. It was you so can get beautiful. me with rain. Rain in any movie, I'm in. Yep. Those shots <laughs> are the best ones. Dancing in the rain, even better. Fantastic. I think just I and I think that what it what it comes down to is a lot of my favorite visual like moments are with um like Wayne, like Jack Bandera's mm-hmm. character. We have the Pepsi Cola. Yeah, addict. Pepsi Cola. Yeah. One of the best. That's so beautiful. It's so just, interesting. It's so like, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so like weird. And I and love quirk, it. It's like quirky. Quirky. Yes. And it's in all the right ways. And like, you know, when something just like, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. And I'm sh- that has to be how they felt watching that yes. in post. That has to be like, that's it. Exactly. Like, that's it. And I couldn't imagine them depicting that in any other way. Like, right. wow, wow, wow. And also, like, going back to the scene where they're getting high for the first time and stuff, I really enjoyed the fact that the girls were talking just like normal teenage girls and hanging out with them and stuff. And I would just like to mention, I loved that they were talking about Zodiac signs and all that stuff. And they were just, like, really deep into it. I love Zodiacs and all of that. So that was really interesting. And just a fun little piece that I, I enjoyed. And, like, Wayne was such a basic boy. He's like, oh, Libras have big dicks? Yeah. Excuse <laughs> Who me? Who said that? Like, you saw that in the news and you're on your Zodiac? <laughs> definitely, definitely super fun. One of my other favorites was actually, again, another time that we had met up with Wayne where – um they stand outside of his house super creepily all day all day bro we watched the change go from day to night and then he sees them through the curtains and they had a radio like this was that fucking like that 80s movie yeah uh, pretty pink no no why can't we think of this um it's definitely not the breakfast club it might be pretty in pink no it's an iconic movie it's an iconic 80s movie (laughs) guys um I don't it's know. It's not Can't Buy Me Love. Bro. No. No, that's not it. Um, Hold on a second. We got to. After some research by looking up movie with Boombox, it is Say Anything. Yes. Um, If you guys knew that, um, 10 points for you. I would like to preface that we were not alive at that point. No. So you can't blame us for that one. Um, Goodness. Definitely, that was so cringy. Like, yeah. I think about that. And then they, he just sees them throughout the window and is like, "Yeah, come in here." And they go to his garage, and it just it depicts into this 
like moment. I mean, it's sexual. It's he's having them undress him. It's very awkward. You get the feel like you see the camera from the back of the car and the girl's like about to go down and you're like, oh, what? Like, is that really what we're doing? We're really into the whole like twin thing. Yeah. Twin zest. Yeah. Like, that's mm. not my cup of tea. Um, yeah. But that's not what we do. So he ends up having June sit. And in I mean, the corner. He, I mean, he does get them high first. Okay, yeah, he does do that. Um, again I, with their fake chloroform, right? <laughs> um, but they get high, and then we depict Jennifer and Wayne sitting in the car, and they, and like we're watching this moment. They're starting to kiss. They're touching. It's very sensual. Um, mm-hmm. and like, and I mean, everything disappears. June's no longer standing there. The color grading changes. It's like just the two of them immersing yeah. with one another. I mean, like we add these like beautiful flowers that get this beautiful stop motion animation in it. Ugh. Gosh, it's. They're like blue, like pulsating. It's just so like, and I, think I love it. I And for me, it's almost, it's so like representative. Like it's such a representation of like, with, like a woman being essentially deflowered yeah exactly and because this is jennifer's like virginity here um not that we care about virginities that i mean shit about your virtue here um but it's definitely it's just such an interesting an interesting take and especially because they went out looking for wayne from june's suggestion to find love to become better writers and so this is what they believe love to be like they just are like yep so we need to meet a boy and lose our virginities and become women like yeah and like i think that's so accurate to like that rite of passage that we're all kind of put into is that like you find somebody that you love and when you aren't immersed in the world the way that they weren't love is whatever you paint it to be exactly and i mean you have to think that the the love that they have for each other is not a good basis of what love is in the slightest um and we have this beautiful moment and then Again, we like we did at the beginning of the movie, we break that imaginative reality, that imagination reality that they create for themselves. And it's this raunchy, like, sex scene. <laughs> like, she's, like, hanging out of the car, like, dangling. And he's just, like, going. And it's, like, these awkward grunts. And we're seeing June just sitting in the corner, like... Just, like, watching. Like, what the fuck is this? And, and like, then Jennifer goes home and says that it was the best day of her sweet life. And, and then she was, humps her pillow. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> like... <laughs> definitely. That was an artistic... A skewed version of love. A very artistic choice that I really did enjoy to, like, get that like idea of what it probably was like for them and that right just weird i mean like we see that like jennifer's writing in her diary and like mallory um, not mallory excuse me marjorie wallace um did have the privilege of reading a lot of their diaries and stuff so like when she wrote a book which you can definitely check out and we'll have more information about later um if you want to read more about the silent twins and kind of marjorie wallace was the person that got to actually talk to them Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one of my favorite scenes. I Jack Bandera in any of these scenes, he's not in a lot of the movie. He's definitely not like a major, like main character by any means. But the scenes that he are he's in are some of the most visually stimulating scenes. Yeah, and like what a what a what a privilege, my guy. What no, a privilege. Well, and he's just so beautiful that it fits even better. I know, and it's like it's not even like one of those like beautifuls where you're like, oh, you're absolutely stunning. But it's just like such a it's so interesting, like an almost like universally attractive person. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Just I love that casting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think those are like majority of my spotlight moments. Are there any others that you want to bring up before we? Yeah. Um. I also really wanted to mention the Princess Diana wedding yes. being shot and like they showed the real footage of that. It was just like a nice little reminder of what time we were at and like what was going on in the world at that time. And who doesn't love Princess Diana? So definitely pro Princess Diana here on here here on this podcast making that statement as well as just like it there's a lot of pro princess diana like propaganda you could almost say within this movie which like i'm totally for that was such like a nice subtle way for us to get like a like a what time time period or yeah what, what, what year is it guys um, right where are we at definitely was there any just like specific like techniques um just visual stimulation cinematography things that like really stuck out to you yeah so um obviously we mentioned the stop motion but I also just liked how it was like filmed during the stop motion like how up close they would get and how detailed it showed and also just all of the lighting that they did within their like immersive like imaginative worlds and then how it would go to that like blue like darkish dull feeling back into like real reality I really enjoyed that and then also I did remember like I noted the wheelchair scene where they were pushing June um in the wheelchair through the hallway and her sister was screaming I just like thought that visually looked really really cool yeah definitely I really like that shot um just like the the long pan that long hallway shot yeah um one of my favorite like one of just like my overall favorite things within this is like just within that, like, within those, like, different realities, the, those imaginative moments that we're immersed into really is that color grading. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. there's just something about it. And it just feels so, I don't know, like, it feels, oh! Like, ethereal. Like, that's the best word for me, at least, to put it. Or, like, it just feels so, like, it's so intense. I know. And it's so, like, it's just, like, it's the art, the artistry in there. Yeah. And, like, I think that's what I noticed instantly. It's just, like, that artistry, that energy that, I mean, like, somebody, like, oh, I just, like, as, like, as, like, somebody that, like, does my own little things, I don't make movies. Um, But, like, you know, like, that moment that when you finally, I couldn't imagine being that cinematographer being, like, yes. Right. Like, like that's this is the it. moment. Yeah. This is like, it. This like, is this it. is a shot. Yeah. And, like, I think about that, like, I've watched behind the scenes for, like, Christopher Nolan films and stuff like that, specifically Tenet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, oh, those moments where you get those shots and you're, yeah. like, yes. Oh, I also really liked that shot where um it was more towards the end. But in the very beginning, they opened up with, like, the parrot scene. The girls were telling a story about a parrot and they were doing a stop motion with this parrot and like this little family and whatnot and then at the end like the guy from the The doctor the doctor yeah he was like eating the parrot but he was like cutting it apart and like blood was splattering and I just like that over the head shot and like the way that like it just like looked with like the little blood and everything and I just like the way that the little characters were made as well they just looked very very unique and interesting definitely I also like one of my favorite shots um which, like, we're unsure if this is a real shot of Broadmoor or not. But if it isn't, I mean, Broadmoor is still a, a hospital right. at this moment. It's, yeah. So, like, whatever they did, if that was just an editing technique to make it look like fil- like, like real, real film, film. That was bro, awesome. That was, yeah, that was, that really was a good, good. choice. Yeah. That was a good choice. That was such a, a fun transition mm-hmm. to, like, get us to Broadmoor and kind of, like, 
make you feel like what it was like almost. Yeah, like, I just felt very immersed into like what their reality was within yeah. Broadmoor. Oh, goodness. We've definitely talked about a lot of like within our favorite, I mean, most of our spotlight moments are talking about like it's that overall everything, everything was hitting just right. The, right, yeah. The technique. Um, I think... I think it, it really just comes down to like a lot of that color graining. I just is absolutely incredible to me, at mm-hmm. least purple hues. Yeah, it's the purple. The purple hues are like the purple and blue. Yeah, those are always going to do something for me. Yeah. Um. Definitely. I also would just like to shout out a lot of the music, those little music moments that they yeah. have where Jennifer's like singing those little songs. Um. The music is, again, we preface this at the beginning, but I'm prefacing now again before we say names. Please forgive my pronunciation. So the music is by Marcin Malchuk and Zuzana Ronska. Um, just absolutely fantastic. You get those moments with Jennifer singing those little songs and a lot of just like the score and those instrumental moments that like within those spotlight moments, the color grading is fantastic. The interactions between the actresses obviously in- incredible but you wouldn't be as immersed in those moments without like that underlining score within there that really right. creates that that really encapsulates those moments and also i thought it was really interesting that like it was said that the a lot of the song lyrics were inspired by a lot of like the girls's writings and diary entries and things yes. like that that's so just interesting um the cinematography also just like that cinematographer chef's kiss yeah obviously he's following direction he knows what he's doing but like the cinematographer with it which is you want to take that away cam yeah uh jacob kajowski um fantastic absolutely incredible uh their film editing is also by ignoska um galinska so just absolutely incredible this is um a polish film if you can't tell um so obviously we're we're trying our best to make sure that we're being respectful towards names yes i grew up with a very big name so i'm super used to that mispronunciation so we are trying our best if you know that we said anything wrong definitely correct us yes let us know um the set design the set design oh my goodness oh my goodness Mm -hmm. wow 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 the set design is by kinga bobjinska um it's the set decoration sorry but definitely i mean set decoration set design same concept in my head absolutely incredible absolutely beautiful and incredible and i mean honestly i would i would say the entire like i would give just the entire like casting crew such a shout out on this movie they did absolutely incredible those different props everything just that set chef's kiss literally like it's just beautiful and all of their like not only is the immersive imaginative world so beautiful but even though in those like dull moments where the lighting is dull the set itself is still just so like like spot on and makes you just understand where you're supposed to be at in the movie. Absolutely. Um one last shout out because we've been talking about the stop motion nonstop. So the animation for the stop motion segments is by Barbara Rupik. Um fantastic. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Incredible. Um and I mean stop motion is one of my favorite one of my favorite things. I mean yeah. we just watched a claymation. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, Wendell, Wendell and Wild. I keep wanting to say Willow. And oh. I don't know why. That's been immersed in my brain lately. Um, absolutely incredible. Uh, it's this movie is just the this crew on this movie 
was doing absolutely incredible, just like incredible work. I couldn't, I could not imagine just that. I imagine any project you work on, you get that, like, you get that after the movie, like, oh my God, we did that. But like, I really hope that they are like taking away from this. this? Yeah, Yeah, because they should be. This this was was just beautiful. Like, it was just all around, like, beautiful, immersive. It was just so informative too even though it's obviously fiction I feel like you still got to learn a lot about these girls and their relationship with each other and how they reacted in society yeah definitely um some things to note just some awards and nominations that they've had um so they were nominated for the British um, Independent Film Awards uh the Keynes Film Festival uh they were um they just they were wiping at the Polish Film Festival, they won Best Film, Best Production Design, Feature Film, and Best Film again. Um, As they should. As they should. I'm definitely hoping that we see some amount of just some Oscar nominations here. Something just for, like, the cinematography alone. Um, Maybe set design, set decoration. Some type of Oscar nomination needs to happen here. Granted, we have so many incredible movies coming out. It's, it's, It's Oscar movie season, so... I mean, this is the but time. But this is a good contender. Definitely a good contender in in my in my personal favorites of like what should be voted. Yeah, agreed. One hundred percent. So I did just want to give a little bit of background. If you don't know much about um, the Silent Twins, definitely checking out. Um, the book by Marjorie Wallace. Um, you can check out June and Jennifer Gibbons' work. Um, they have a bunch of stuff, um, even some unpublished stuff. Jennifer um, Gibbons' work was never actually published, um, which we all saw that yeah. in the movie. But um, some of that has been released now following just like how big that they've gotten. Right. Um, there's a bunch of articles that you can find. Um, there's an NPR radio interview. Um, June's done stuff. Just absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, we I went back and I found an article from Independent um, regarding Jennifer's death and everything. So definitely there's a lot of information out there. I just, just want to give some information about Broadmoor um, specifically. So while they were in Broadmoor, um, it was set that they set to say that they had schizophrenia. Mm. Now, given the knowledge that we have, we all know that that just That's, wasn't, they didn't display those signs. Um, yeah, not accurate. Not accurate in the slightest. So, uh... So Broadmoor has been in existence um, since 1863. Um, So it's 159 years old as of today. Um, So they did um, construct the Rampton Secure Hospital, which opened in 1912 as an extending asylum branch. Uh, I mean, really, like when it comes down to this, they did in 2009, essentially. They had to, um, they had to former CEO had to step down um after um so basically he was removed in 2001 um when they found that the treatment in the uh in the patients oh. the patients just like quality of life was right. not meeting the expectations that it needed to yeah and then in 2009 he completely stepped off the board so that kind of gives you a background at least you know that like they were not treated fairly i mean we had to think they got sentenced to Broadmoor indefinitely yeah indefinitely served 11 years and were indefinitely 
for committing arson as 19-year-olds. Yeah. They were 19. Who clearly did have some types of, like, mental disorders, mental illnesses, but I don't think that they were taken as they should have been. And granted, back in this time, mental illness wasn't taken as seriously and there weren't as many resources, but that's just uncalled for a life sentence for arson i mean and like it is just like we've found out that like a lot of other institutions just didn't want to take them because of how weird they were they gave that like and reckless to each other i mean they just gave that almost and it feels like just a repeat of when they were kids the schools having that same issue of like where the hell do we place them so i mean broadmoor was where they ended up which is just like what a what a circumstances they ended up in and i mean june talks about that where she's like we like we we started talking to other people and that still wasn't enough i'm like that's a real thing um it's just so intense uh a few other things that i like so um just i did look at so they did actually burn on that tractor store that was that was factual um it's so just interesting again you can so the movie on its own was um just based off of marjorie wallace's book um so she has a writing credential on here um and then so does um andrea um single for the screenplay so she's kind of where a lot of that fictional yeah yeah so and like um oh my gosh her my agnieszka smochinska smochinska um did just like say that they did a lot of research because I mean, we all see that where they're like, we've seen that in so many different, like, especially as of recently, ways that we're being insensitive when we're doing these documentary styles. I mean, the Dahmer um, Netflix series is a very real thing about that, of just how insensitive places can be and like people can be when it comes to things that like, this is somebody's real life. June is still alive. Yeah, she lives a private life and... Yeah, and she's just like, I mean, this is her life. This is her story. And... It's just so interesting. Um, definitely, again, if you're watching this, know that it is still a piece of fiction. Yeah. So don't take everything as black and white. It is not all facts. And a lot of this is like, I mean, it comes down to like, there are some things some of us will never know the reality because yeah. the only people that know the truth are Jennifer and June. Exactly. And, and we'll never, we may never understand that. And even if june were to try and explain it i still think that that's something like we will never have clear answers or fully understand what it was like to live their lives and have that the connection that they had because as we had previously mentioned it's almost kind of like paranormal like it's almost like and i mean like that's like june says it herself when jennifer died it's like they they could not live together yeah they would always exist yeah they would always fall into this toxic just, cycle yeah this cycle this essential cycle of abuse is what it feels like yeah. mm-hmm. um on each other like yeah just abusive towards each other just, and themselves in turn yeah like, it's and i mean like that's a real thing that unbreakable bond that they have was like both like their saving grace and like their like damnation at the right. same time and that's exactly so in, love can also be destruction literally exactly that um there's this part in um just on the cover that is my absolute favorite and it says oh my god if it'll let me see it it says imagination will set you free and i think that's so real it's like 
they wanted to be free from each other. And I think that's a real thing. It's like when Jennifer died, she set June free. Yeah. And in the movie, you see June like joins a dance class, like a local dance class and is kind of like immersing herself into society. Now, whether that is accurate or not, I'm not for certain if she really got into dance and all of that, but it is true that she does now live a private life and is probably immersed into like her society of where she's at in life. Yeah, definitely. It's just so what, what an interesting, what an interesting like phenomenon they are. Right. It's just, Wow. Very captivating. Definitely. And like, again, if you're looking for more of the facts, Marjorie Wallace has an incredible book written on them. They have works that are written out. There's plenty of interviews. Not plenty, but a handful amount of you look them up where you can find interviews by NPR, the LA Times, that June has actually participated in stuff. Yeah. So you can definitely, there's some information out there um, that you can find on that. So definitely check that out if you're interested in a little bit more of like the fact-based like reality of what their like life really looked like. Okay, I think that's everything for our first episode of Based on a True Story. Um, how did you... You're, we're going to rate it out of five. So out of five stars, how are you rating the Silent Twins? I mean, I personally would give it a five. I think all of the set, all of the characters, the visuals, the filming, everything, the storyline. I think it was just like five out of five. It was amazing. I think um, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Definitely. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, It's up there for me, though. It is like it's it's maybe a, even a 4.5. It's definitely up there. Um, Absolutely incredible. What what a fun little journey we had here today. Yeah, this was fun. Just discussing this Um, again. We will be back probably every two months. It depends. We might be back next month, maybe, if you guys are lucky. Um, If you want to get more content like this, just, you know, you got to download the episode so that Jared lets us come on and do this more regularly. (laughs) You got to show out, guys. Um, Show that support for your besties. Absolutely. If if you're looking for other content, you can find that on our YouTube channel, um, as well as our Patreon. We have our social media platforms, which is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. there's so many different we have a tiktok trying to think you can check out our website if i'm forgetting any um the our website has all of that you can join on anchor if you want to have a special tier here um on the podcast don't you love my little singy song voice yes <laughs> and as always you know download the videos send us some love um And if you want more of me specifically, Ren, your favorite gal, I have a bunch of cool segments that are on our Patreon. So definitely check that out. And maybe you might be seeing a little bit more of Cam on there as well. You know, we have to we have to do soft launches with our editor to get his approval. Um, So this was our soft launch. So if you don't turn out for this, um, we might get canceled. So, you know, don't cancel. Show out for us. Show out. Don't cancel us. Um, Anyways. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.